indigenous music culture. Revolutions per minute. Iswael Oz 12 tells Squeak, this is RPM. Indigenous music culture. What you just heard me speak was my language of Halkamalem, and what I said was, hi, my name is Oz 12. I once heard someone say that our spirits don't speak English. I don't speak my language fluently, although I heard it growing up from the elders in my life. It was never taught to me in school, nor was there language programs around where I grew up. I can understand much of the language of Halkamalem, but speaking it, that's another thing, as my tongue is quite colonized. Revolutions per minute. Half of the world's languages have disappeared in the past 500 years. Today, a language goes extinct every two weeks on average. Researchers have identified five hotspots of language extinction. Let me run them by you. One, Northern Australia. Two, the Southern US, especially Oklahoma and Texas. Three, Central and South America. Four, Eastern Siberia. And five, the Pacific Northwest. It's pretty clear that indigenous languages are the ones that are most at risk. Lately, indigenous musicians have been taking up the struggle to save them. This is episode 12 of RPM Revitalization. We'll hear from three musicians who are working on revitalizing their ancestral languages. Miss Christy Lee of the Musqueam Nation who raps at Hunkaminam. Ta Pa who raps in Anishinaabemowin. Get your money, do we do And we'll begin with Terry Lim Williams Davidson who sings in the language of Haida. Terry Lynn Williams Davidson has an album out of Haida songs called New Journeys, and it won the 2011 Canadian Aboriginal Music Award for Best Female Artist of the Year. This is RPM. Let's get this revolution started, yo. Get us courtly lala hagans hanuti kirga, di ragels kego waga, who yet de gooding a la good silga, hoa. So I just said that my Haida name is Get us courtly lala hagans and that I'm from the Gagels Kigawai clan. They're a raven clan from the ancient village of Skidans on Haida Gwai. And I said that my heart is very warm to be here today. <laughs> There are so few Haida speakers alive today, like literally a handful of elders who speak the Haida language. Uh, most of them are about the average age is 80. So our language is in such a state of um, at risk of becoming extinct that that's a great concern to me because I've looked at what, what the, the concepts that languages convey and know that there are concepts that we couldn't even begin to really explore fully in the English language and I think that they help to connect people to deeper knowledge and I want to keep languages alive for that reason. I'm, I'm not a fluent speaker, but I'm someone um, who believes in the importance of it and want to try help out in any way I can. And so that's the reason why I did this. I 
three years ago, uh, I'm part of a group called the Haidegwai Singers Society and we worked on archiving every song that we could find from the Haida Nation. We recorded over, I think it's about 130 songs from both the Masset and Skidigat communities. And the second part of that project was to produce CDs of contemporary singers. So that was my first CD in the Haida language. But that was a, pu a very pure uh, presentation of the language with only a hand drum or rattles or box drums, that kind of thing. And I saw that it, it reached people and certainly is a good resource for Haida people, but it may not extend out into the broader public. So I wanted to find a way to present the music that would reach people across Canada and other countries. And I thought that adding instrumentation, world music instrumentation, to the CD would help people relate to it in a bigger way than they could a pure Haida language CD. I feel like I'm blessed to have had both my parents being fluent language speakers. My mom didn't go to residential school and so she was very patient with me in, in saying over and over and over the sounds. I don't, I don't think I could have been that patient with anyone. So I think that helps with getting uh, my mind around how to do the sounds. Like we have 30 consonants in the Haida language and eight vowels, so it's pretty consonant heavy and it's very different. There are very there are glottal stops and guttural sounds that make it hard to put it all together. So um, that's the first hurdle is getting around that. And then through learning, I have a very large vocabulary and while there are only a handful of fluent speakers, there are many people who have a large vocabulary, who have a few sentences that they practice well like I have. And But with that, enough of that knowledge of the foundation, we can converse with some Haida speakers and learn some amazing words that that take a whole paragraph to explain in English. <laughs> we could say something in an Aboriginal language and it can be so funny and you translate it into English and people are like, so? <laughs> like, why is that funny? And so when Haida people and other Aboriginal people get together, we always laugh because there's so much humor and so much experience and things that are not said that have more meaning than what is said too. So there's all this context behind the songs that that take a while to get around. But despite all that, I still think that the languages tap into a truth that even if you don't understand it, that it's my hope that people can get to a different place by listening to the language itself, even if they don't understand it. I like to think that by singing the language that we are connecting with our ancestors and that we have their strength with us as we perform them. And I like to think that they're, they're singing and they're dancing alongside of us. And that's wonderful to have that idea to carry forward as a performer in this, in this uh, industry, which is, you know, we're, as Aboriginal artists to begin with, we are sort of marginalized as well. So it takes courage, I think. And I would encourage everyone to, to tap into that strength to do it. So one of the songs uh, is a prayer song. Today we will go in our own strength. And in Haida culture, we use prayer songs to begin a ceremony, to clean the air, to clean the floor, to make sure that everything's in alignment and that we begin on the same page. And uh, this is a song that um, my husband composed while he was running in Haida Gwaii. And um, if you've been to Haida Gwaii and Masset, you'll know that there are high winds. And so he was jogging one way and the winds were hitting him and um, it was difficult to run. When he turned back, the winds were pushing him along. And so the words in English are, um, today there is no wind to push me, today there is no wind to hold me back, and today we will go on our own strength. 
and he uh, composed the song with this idea that as Aboriginal peoples, often or sometimes we rely upon others to boost us up or push us along, or sometimes we feel that there are many forces that are pushing us back. But if we connect with our own strength and our own internal inherent strength, then we have great power in that. And so it's a prayer song, but it's also a power song. It helps to connect us and make us strong as we go forward into new ceremonies. You're listening to the Haida language and the music of Terry Lynn Williams Davidson on RPM. Indigenous music culture. This is episode 12, Revitalization, and my name is Oz12. Indigenous languages are disappearing worldwide. Researchers say that half the languages spoken today won't be around 100 years from now. I once heard a story from a mentor of mine named Woody Morrison, who's a Haida elder and historian. And he was telling me about being at an elders conference where the elders were quite upset at the youth of today for not knowing their language, the stories, and the songs of their people. Woody had to stand up and say, you cannot be mad at the youth for something we have not taught them yet. You see, it's a struggle for everyone, for the elders and the youth, because it's hard to keep a language alive when you have to speak English or Spanish or what have you to be part of mainstream society today. Tall Paul knows a thing or two about that. He's part of a group called Point of Contact, and I reached him via Skype in Minneapolis. Correct effects, first flicks and heat and doing dirt Don't make a man a modern warrior What we need, modern warriors Mothers and fathers on the front lines for their kids Parents that strive to provide them with better lives than we live Well, my name's Paul in English It's Mani Dukui Wuzanx and Anishinaabe means spirit boy um, I'm in Rolling Leech Lake, born and raised in South Minneapolis Right now, I'm still living in Minneapolis I'm currently working as a reading coach at a cultural and language magnet school in South Minneapolis for Anishinaabe students as well as Dakota Lakota students. Um, as far as music goes, I've been doing that since early 2009. I'd say growing up, I grew up in a city who didn't have a lot of uh, didn't have a lot of culture or language around. Nobody in my family was very involved in it. I ended up attending the University of Minnesota. And for my senior project, I had the idea I'd write a song and incorporate the Anishinaabe language in it. 
that just came about because I was struggling to learn the language and I felt that I could help the language by involving the language in more of a mainstream kind of um, avenue as far as hip hop goes, you know, because a lot of kids are listening to hip hop and watching cartoons, playing video games and whatnot. I feel like it's important for the language to adapt, you know, in order to survive. Not the language itself adapt, but it adapts to new avenues for uh, being noticed and picked up on. Did you grow up speaking your language all your life? No, um, I'm actually not a fluent speaker of the language. Like I said, I grew up um, really unaware of all of that. You know, uh, I think I hit my first sweat lodge and like when I was maybe nine years old. That was like my first exposure to anything cultural other than um, smudging, things like that. In high school, I was taking a language class, but my teacher passed away and they couldn't find, a, I guess, an adequate substitute for him. So we'd have like people teaching the Anishinaabe language class who didn't even know how to speak the language. Then I went into college and there's a two year language requirement and that's how I really got exposed to the language. And on top of that, my language teacher, he was very involved in the culture. He, he's got a language camp up north. He takes students from his class up there, takes them hunting different things, teaches them a lot about our culture and whatnot. Um, and I, I give a lot of credit to him for teaching me a lot about the culture and language. It's up to you with decisions you make. Trip on your shoestring, get the past the test, make it through new grades. It's a new day to show your true heart, and you know it all starts with the kids in your schoolyard. Ain't nothing wrong with government cool. The language is a lot different. I didn't even know if it'd be realistically possible to rap in the language, you know. I wrote the entire song, Prayers in a Song. I wrote that in English, and I had a classmate who was a lot better at speaking a language than myself. I had him help me translate the chorus. We translated the chorus. I feel the latent effects of assimilation in us. We had an elder look over it and she made a couple corrections on it and she said it was good to go. I kind of thought that, you know, there might, I might see some opposition to the idea of rapping in the language from elders most likely just because of a lot of misconceptions about hip-hop and I've heard a few people say I shouldn't have done it but I don't know I'm comfortable with my decision you know good and bad could you tell us a little bit about the course like what it what it means the course of the prayers in the song track it's like get your money dude we do Kawashin Jamushka Wiziyan and some to kind of translate to great spirit help me to be strong me dush but me it is yan it's uh, so that I can help myself. Get your money, do we do Kawashin? Jimushka with Zion, me Dutch for me, it is Zion. Me Jishanam, get you white when Ganu Jishanam, Bizendal with Shanam, me white Jinagamogyan. Me Mashomis, we do Kawashinam, Jit, I budget too young. Anishinabe is your twawin, me Jit, big, it came to my KI. Anishinabe, then my dizzy win. Becoming aware of a heartbeat's fragility, so I pray for my creator's will and humility. It seems my prayers weak, I can't speak. Musician Nam Zagi Iwaywin, it's a show us all love. And I could uh, translate the entire chorus like that, but it basically it's a prayer, you know. I intended it for it to be a prayer, and it's basically asking, you know, 
you know, who you might call God, grandfather, great spirit, um, whatever anybody wants to refer to that as. Um, it's basically asking for help, um, help me to learn the language and culture so that I can help our people and, you know, so our culture survives. That's like a generalization of that um, chorus, what it's saying. Get your money, do we do cowishin? Jimushka with Yan, me Dutch for me, it is a yan. Me Shishanam, I get you white when good news, Shishanam, busy down with Shanam, me white, Jinaka Mogyan. Nima show me, we do cowishanam, Jit, I budget too young, Anishanabe is your twawin. Me Jit, big, it came to my KI, Anishanabe, then my dizzy win. This far fetch, but grandfather. This is RPM, Indigenous Music Culture. Episode Episode 12, Revitalization. From the Anishinaabe language, we head due west now to the home of our very own RPM Studios, the Coast Salish Territories. Here we speak three different dialects. Over in the Vancouver Island region, they speak Halkamainam. Where I come from in the Fraser Valley, Stalo territory, we speak Halkamailam. And here in the Musqueam region near Vancouver, British Columbia, they speak Hunkamainam, which is also the language of my next guest, Miss Christy Lee. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Christy Lee. My ancestral name is Skaklia. I'm from Musqueam. Uh, my parents are Thothalamont and Tzumpkin. And yeah, thanks for having me here today. My culture means a lot to me. And it's really interesting because it's a lot different from a lot, a lot of other people's culture. And because we almost lost it, it's even more important to me because it needs to survive. And that's part of our teaching is that we always pass it down. And me, I'm just like naturally a singer. Like, I guess that's just what my spirit wants to do. So I'm always singing. And like, I grew up in the 80s. So hip hop has always been like a part of my life. So just combining them and sharing it is just like part of me. That's what makes me happy. So that's why I do it. You have a song called Experience where you, you, you use the language, you know, in a way that uh, translates also through, you know, the medium of hip hop. Can you tell us a little bit about how that song got started and where it's, you know, what was the driving force before you make that song? The song talks about how we've been through so much in our cultural history and then I also talk about my cultural protocols and that's the first part of the song is me introducing myself and my lineage and my connection to Vancouver and then the chorus translates to there's no way of explaining how good it makes me feel to see everyone here like when I'm talking about my people and how we survived and you know where we are today and how we're all working together to move forward that's why I make my music and how I combine it and how I share it. There 
What were the challenges of using uh, the Hunkaminum language within a, a music format? My first challenge was making sure that I was saying the right things and being able to say what I was saying. Like I had to talk to a few elders to ask if I can share um, our language in that way, the messages I was putting. Because sometimes with our culture, you can't just throw stuff out there or you know, just make up stuff. So I just wanted to make sure that I was going in the right direction. So I had some guidance when I was creating the song. What was it like making, uh, you know, Hunkaminum rhyme? Oh, that was really hard too, because you had to try to let it flow. There was things that I wanted to say, but they didn't flow the right way. Like they didn't sound, they didn't fit. They didn't fit properly. So then I had to take them out and try to find a new saying. And that's why it took me a long time to write it because our language, like, I just can't go to someone sometimes and just ask them, oh, how do I say this and how do I say that? Like, I actually have to research it, go look up in some books, like, go ask a couple people, figure out the right spelling, figure out, like, the right pronunciation. So there's, like, a lot of research into it when I'm making a song, too. And then another challenge was when I was recording it, it's a really hard language and there's lots of different ways of pronunciating the words and to wrap it, like try to wrap it really fast and try to pronounce it and say it the right way because part of our teaching is that we are really strict with our language and it's really important to keep it the way it is and protect it. So I always had to make sure I was saying the right thing, pronouncing it right and yeah, not mixing it up. It's really intimidating too. Yeah. You're listening to Revolutions Per Minute, also known as RPM. Indigenous music culture. This has been episode 12, Revitalization. And if you want to learn more about the revitalization of indigenous languages, there are lots of resources on the web. Just head to our website, rpm.fm, and we've got some links posted up there for you. You can join this revolution by connecting with us at RPMFM on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. My name is Oz12. It's been great to be here with you again. Before I go, I want to teach you a word in my language, which is Heichka, which means thank you. And I'm out. Heichka. Heichka. Uh, did, you, would you, did you have any uh, closing words that you would use as a closing in the language? Uh, as a closing? Yeah. No, just Haya. <laughs> Haya hey. means that's the end. Haya. <laughs> All right, great. Thank you very much. All right, Hajga. Haya was. Ising Dangshukengaska. In our language, we don't say goodbye, but we'll say I'll see you again. RPM.